Welcome to Marriott Bonvoy Travelers Podcast, Checking In, where we talk to the world's most interesting travelers. I'm your host, Mickey Kim, and we're here today at W Austin for the Music Summit in Austin, Texas. All right. Hey, um, thanks for stopping by the show. You know, uh, this, so this show is really about, the, you know, checking in with the world's most interesting travelers. So you two were picked. Congratulations. Thank you. All right. Thanks. <laughs> wow, does anybody have any Dos Equis? <laughs> Anthony is a drummer, self-described hip-hop head, and the co-founder of Ear Candy Shop, a boutique music production and licensing company aimed at creating unique music for advertising, television, and film. And before forming Ear Candy Shop, he ran a digital and entertainment marketing program for P&G, Nintendo, Coca-Cola, and American Express. Yep. All right. Thanks for having me. Jesse is a founder of New Agency, a creative boutique that was recently named to you know, Inc.'s Mag's 500 list as the third fastest growing media company in America, and is the host of Hot 97's web series, Hot in Tech, as well as the executive producer of the hit digital series, Hashtag Crown. Additionally, Jesse writes and curates the entertainment newsletter, Beats and Bites. Don't you love that newsletter? Uh, yes, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna read it as soon as you know. <laughs> Beats and bites. After this podcast is, Thanks. is over, it's a great name. Uh, Courtney uh, is a senior manager of brand partnership at Universal Music Group, where she runs Point on Area International's partnership, which celebrates the love of music and travel. Previous to this, she worked uh, with the endorsement team at William Morris Endeavor, with Filter Magazine, for whom she helped run partnerships with Lagunitas Brewing, Converse, Mammoth Mountain, Southwest Southwest, and Coachella. Right? Yeah. Well, welcome. Thanks. All right, so my first question, I, you know, this is going to be an easy one. Um, since we're talking about how music inspires traveling, let me start by asking each of you, tell me about the first show you travel far to go see. Anthony, I, I got mine. I've been, I've been thinking about it. <laughs> and uh, it wasn't super far in terms of travel, like we travel a lot farther now than we do back then, but when I was 16... I traveled from Cincinnati, Ohio, to Cleveland by car to go see the OK Player Tour in 2000. Oh. Wow. And that was an amazing experience because it was like all of these conscious rap artists put together. It was Common, Talib Kweli and Mos Def, Bamadia, and it was the first time that I saw or was exposed to the music of Slum Village and Jay Dilla live. And I'd wow. never heard of them before, and I saw them live for the first time, and it was, um, it was an amazing experience. Still think about it all through now and again. I got my start finding and developing talent as an agent. So I was traveling with artists all over the world, uh, booking them early, breaking them. Uh, so like one of the first act I ever signed was a group called Clips. And I yeah. was 22. I don't know how I convinced them. I was at like a rogue boutique agency, totally out of the system. So I skipped the mail room and I was just calling acts up and Clips were on a tour. They were on the Grindin' Street tour, and they ended up signing with me, and the song took off. The album went number two on the pop yeah. charts, and Jay-Z called and wanted to take them on tour to Europe. So I was the young agent at the time, and my boss encouraged me to go on the entire European leg <laughs> of the Jay-Z Clips tour. And uh, it was amazing. I mean, How was that? I'm sure you have stories from that. I mean, it was fantastic. The night <laughs> was just the, the movie you could imagine. You meet every interesting person in Europe through that. And you just learn the ins and outs of the business. And you, you get to see all these cities um, in such a different and unique way. It's, every day is like the circus in town. 
but a hip-hop cooler version. Yeah. <laughs> so my answer to this question is it did not go too far, but I was in New York, and I uh, really wanted to see the latest iteration of Guns N' Roses, a.k.a. Axl Rose and Buckethead, which is not OG Guns N' Roses. <laughs> But I was determined, and so I had to take two buses into Jersey. Um, I was 18, and I was by myself because my roommates were like, ew, we don't even know who that is. Um, and so I went there alone, hung out with a bunch of uh, 50-year-old Jersey guys who bought me beer. Super cool. I reminded them of their daughters. Best night ever. <laughs> That's <Amazing>. awesome. <laughs> yeah. All right. All three of you are music industry veterans. How many times a year, if you were to estimate, um, would you say you travel for music? For fun or for work? Let's start with for work. Lately, I would say at least 10 times a year to travel on a plane, not a counting car. No. When I kick into gear, I feel like I'm on a plane every three days. I mean, I love what I do. It's a privilege of working in the music business is that it's so freaking fun that there's really like a kind of small line between work and pleasure. Like, is this week, is this summit that we're all at, is this work or is this, uh, is this fun? Right. And the answer is both. And that's kind of how I approach my career in an industry like this. And so, yeah, I feel like I'm on a plane all the time. I, at one point I was going to three to four shows a week. You know, I was putting wow. on 300 as an agent, 300 shows a month. Wow. So yeah, you could be on a plane all the time and, and why not? If, there's a meeting that we need to be at in a place, and that's what it's going to take to get the deal done. Yeah, I'm more than happy to hop on a plane. How do you, you look so young? After <laughs> all <those> shows. <laughs> you look so young. <laughs> I feel like I'm somewhere in, in the middle there because um, when I was working on culture marketing with with bigger brands, it would be maybe a dozen times a year for big flag flag uh, ship uh, activations. Uh, and now that I have my own business, I'm more willing to get on a plane um, just to kind of keep growing our business. So uh, if I have to go meet with clients, if I have to go meet with artists that we work with, um, I don't really overthink it. Whereas I think when you're in a more formal structure, like travel has to be very well justified and it's like a whole other yeah, kind of conversation. Yeah, but you've got the ultimate hack. You, I, I do. You've got to give the we, people what they want. <laughs> we keep that on the low. Really? No, you've got to tell them. <laughs> Tell us, uh, tell, tell, tell us the yeah. secret. Tell that if we're not dropping share, gems, then what's the point? So, um, yeah, o over the last, uh, like, 18 months, um, I've been privileged enough to be uh, on somebody's uh, uh, frequent flyer account as a family member. So <laughs> hopping on a plane is uh, a lot easier, and I don't have to think about it as much as I used to. Wait, you told me it was called a buddy pass. It's a buddy pass. And you could basically fly anywhere you want at any you point fly, in time. Yeah, you fly, fly standby. So you got here for free as part of this all-inclusive buddy pass package. Sure. <laughs> anywhere in the world. Kinda lunch in Paris. Wow! Right, but it's you know it's standby Who travel. Who is this other buddy? It's sta no, it's standby <laughs> travel. <laughs> I didn't um, all right. So I'm gonna following on that. Right, when you're traveling for work, right, what would you say is your main goal? Are you checking out new talent, perhaps you know for a business deal? Are you trying to get a sense of where the entertainment business is at at the present moment, or is it something else? For me, I can say it's, I'm, I'm lucky enough to get to work with some really great brand partners because I work in brand partnership, like Marriott International and like W Hotels. 
where the focus is on music and travel. So when I get to travel for work, it's to put on an amazing on-property performance or shoot content with St. Vincent in Barcelona. And so I feel really privileged to be able to do that. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I go case by case. I mean, it's not one way to do it. I think probably the politically correct answer would be uh, I go to do whatever my client wants me to do. (laughs) And essentially, that's probably why I would be traveling. But it really depends on what the scenario is and what I'm feeling is going to be make the most of that opportunity. Sure. Yeah, we, I mean, usually if it's on a project-by-project basis, it's just whatever the activation happens to be. Yeah. Or if we're working on um, a collaboration with someone that's not in New York, then I'll go to L.A. or wherever we need to go. Um, as far as industry events, though, I mean, that's where I kind of try to play, play to both sides, where if there's a networking opportunity and at the same time there's a ton of artists playing shows that I want to go see, I try to figure out how to make as close to a 50-50 split of, like, meetings that I pseudo enjoy and shows that I really enjoy. You know, the ultimate goal, I think, for me, and Jesse sounds like the same thing for you, is like you you have life and you have work and you can't balance the two. It's impossible for anyone. It's especially impossible if you work in music and media and entertainment. So I just want to squash those two together as best I can and try to enjoy myself, like, all the way through. Yeah. Okay. Um, Next question. So W always aims to be where the action is. What role would you say W Hotel plays in the travel experience? It's like a home base that's got the amenities and the comfort and the perks and the feeling that it makes traveling more exciting. It almost feels like W enriches the tastes of the senses while on the road. You walk into this wow. hotel and you're like, this place has <laughs> got me excited that I'm leaving my home. Because you walk into the W and there's an ambiance yeah. and there's a mood and there's a greeting. Yeah. And they're right from you when you step into the car and you're running to people in the lobby and you're yeah. walking through and they're telling you about, you got to check out this and you got to try <laughs> that. It's like sensational. Yeah, it's yeah. definitely an experience, wow. you know. And uh, I, think, I think when you're traveling for work, you're kind of missing all the parts of home, you know, yeah. like especially in New York, like when you go home, that's your little space where you just chill out and get away from all the craziness. And I think the W is that place on the road. But, you know, I feel like um, it's, it's cool and it's relaxing at the same time. I feel like it's, yeah. it's a comfortable space to be in. I mean, you both, you both put it really well. It is simultaneously something that's really, it's a place that's really exciting and sensational and plays up the, the music elements that you love so much. Um, but it does also feel like home. I mean, I've talked to, to Pablo about this before, but like the Westwood uh, W, I basically grew up in. My parents spent a lot of time in that hotel because they commuted a lot. And so that place feels like home. That's why the W original playlists feel like home to me, the, that sweet lo-fi house. Um, but it, it, it is a, a really welcoming place to come back to when you're on the road. I love it. Okay, so earlier, you know, earlier today we saw uh, sort of the, what the W Hotel app was going to look like, and you know, Nick gave us a test. Oh, it, of, awesome. you know, it, was, it was awesome. It was awesome. Um, and you know how you can listen to soundtracks any you know W anywhere in the world at any time. So the question: How does a good playlist enhance a trip? I mean, like it totally makes the trip. I mean, you, I, I would build them for the trip, or I mean, also. You know, I work at a record label, so yeah. a lot of the new releases that come out at the time, I'm really feeling them, I'm listening to them. And they, you know, they bring back memories of the trip when you listen to that music later. I mean, not to be all, like, emo, but, like, I was, 
in uh, Cambodia, Laos, and Thailand with my family over Christmas, and it was like right after uh, Lana Del Rey's album came out in like 2011. I had that thing on repeat the entire trip. And when I hear it now, I think of that trip, which was right. so wonderful. Yeah, I was going to say, that's, that's like a timestamp. Yeah, distinct and, memories. And I think for a lot of people um, that are outside of the music space, they kind of lose that. You know, you have this period of time when you're younger, when all these albums become timestamps of the places where you yes. are and the experiences you have, and then you lose that. But we're fortunate enough to work in the space where, like, I still have that experience when I'm listening to new albums and I travel somewhere, and that's a, you know... That's a timestamp on that experience. Um, yeah. Spent a lot of time in the UK last year and listened to like a ton of grime and garage records. And anytime I go back to London, I think about that and I'm like, 2013, it's a yeah. crazy year. Right. You know? yeah, I, <laughs> like, Snow, I was listening to a lot of Skepta then. <laughs> I was listening to Snow Patrol when I got my first tattoo in Europe when I was 16. And I will always think about that when I hear Final Straw. Right. <laughs> it conjures up the nostalgia factor. Yeah, it's, definitely. It's, and I feel like this day and age, it's playlist culture. Yeah. It's the ultimate connector. It's the vibe setter. Yep. It's let me see what's on your playlist. Yeah. It's, a, it's an exchange of who you are as a person. So I feel like setting the playlists uh, and having a playlist for each environment and for each trip really can set the tone and, and bring you back to it even yeah. when you're not there. You know, back in the day, you know, you used to make mixtapes for friends or, you know, girlfriends or boyfriends. Do you think the playlist nowadays takes over for that, or is it something completely different? I mean, I think it's a changed medium, but I think the, the heart is still in that, if you're making something yeah. like that for somebody. Yeah. I still have my high school boyfriend's mix CD in my car made for me. <laughs> smashing pumpkins. Somewhere in a box in Ohio, I have a, uh, a CD folder. One of those case logic, like... Mine's in my car still. 20-pound, <laughs> like, book. No. I, I wish there was a way to bring that back. Yeah. Like, yeah. that yeah. physical yeah. feeling of giving somebody a mixtape. For a while, I was doing those, like, flash drive mixtapes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You could put 100 songs on it, and it was just not the same. Not the same. Yeah. And, yeah, it was cute because you can write a message and you can put the songs listed and you're still doing that physical component. Yeah. But I feel like there's an opportunity for innovation there because giving somebody a playlist is sweet and you can share it and yeah. it's a different era, yeah. but it's not quite the same, uh, I feel like, touch. Yeah? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh, I imagine all of you spend a lot of time on airplanes. What are your favorite techniques for passing time on a plane? I used to um, sleep as much as I could. Yeah. That was the move back oh, in the I day. I and sleep. then, uh, and, and it wasn't by choice. I think planes are such an awesome opportunity for productivity because mm -hmm. negative time where no one's bothering you, you can really knock stuff out. But for some reason, my body, every time I was on a plane, regardless of the time, would just be like, lights out, dude. <laughs> and so I kept passing out. And, uh, but I've, over the last couple of years, I forced myself to associate a plane with like an, an office in the air. And now I just, I put on a playlist and I try to crank through as much work as I can. It can be productive. It can definitely be a way to clear out the starred folder in your uh, inbox. I feel like I can get from 200 to 25, and that always feels like an accomplishment. But my favorite thing to do on the plane to pass the time is 
cry and watch a good rom-com. Yes. <laughs> I don't know why. Cry first and then rom-com? There's something about <laughs> watching cry, a movie, then watch the movie on a plane. Maybe it's the lack of distraction. Maybe it's the fact that you're just in the zone and there's nobody to either side that matters yeah. to you at that moment. And you can just go, I can get into a bad movie yeah. <laughs> with a sentimental touch and it can move me in a way that yeah. I wouldn't necessarily feel and it's a great way to pass two and a half hours. I think yeah. there was like a scientific study on that or something that like that's like there's something when you're at that high elevation like you get more emotional. Or- you know we talk about traveling constantly. Um, you guys ever get burned out? Jaded? Oh yeah. Yeah? And so, <laughs> <laughs> and if so like do you have like certain techniques to just you know get you out of that rut? My key to the balance of go, go, go and keeping the energy stoked and the passion on fire is creating rituals and routines. So there's something I learned later on in life that I probably have taught my younger self. The importance of certain things, if it's a certain kind of food or if it's a meditation or if it's uh, an arrow of sleep or water or vitamins, certain things that I'll do, even like you know, not to get too woo-woo, but like if I catch an 11-11 on a clock, I'll stop and set an intention or connect to my main intentions of that Ooh. moment. As I set rituals and routines, no matter what the environment shifts, I'm still centered in myself and what I'm trying to achieve. And I feel like that's very helpful in a crazy day-to-day, uh, up-and-down industry as dynamic as the music business. I'm, I awesome. personally make it about people because yeah. I'm a... I'm a very social creature. I thrive on other people's energy. So when I travel anywhere, whether it's for work or for fun, I make sure that I reach out to people where I'm going so I have something to look forward to and I reconnect with people I haven't seen in a while. So every place that I go to now, like there's that small group of people that I absolutely love. And so if I'm tired of being on the plane and I'm tired of being away from home, at the very least, I get to see a familiar face that I haven't seen in a while and reconnect. Yeah, and from from a different perspective, it's less about travel on my side and particularly about the music business itself. And I'm sure many people in this room can kind of feel the same way. It can be like really harsh and you see the underbelly of a thing that is so enjoyable to so many people. And that can burn you out occasionally to have to see the ugly side and forget how great it is. Yeah. And you just, when I go to a festival or a concert, I focus on the fans who are there and it's amazing. I had like a life-changing moment seeing Fiddler at Coachella. They're one of my favorite bands. They're so awesome. But like, if you don't know who they are, they have a song called like Alcohol. I mean, they're like a like <laughs> rock band. But they like started a mosh pit that was just for women, just for their girl fan, like the girl fans to have their own mosh pit. They're like, all the dudes what? get out of here, like chicks only, like chick mosh pit. And these girls were climbing over like the railings to get. To them. They yeah. were so excited. For that freedom, yeah, yeah. And I actually started. I started crying. Wow. <laughs> it's not just on a plane, <laughs> huh? No, I'm, I'm a very emotional person. Um, <laughs> but no, because it was just—it reminded me that that's what it's all about. Yeah, that's what it's about. That's awesome. Okay, so next set of questions. It's going to be targeted to each person. So, Anthony, you played music all throughout college. Did you ever do any touring in um, even regionally? And if so, do you have any favorite stories from those times? I did do some touring during my college years and a little after, but I was on this really terrible DIY tour, like junior year of college. It was over. It was three weeks. 
We went from Ohio all the way down to Florida and then back up the East Coast in the middle of winter in like a 1990 Chevy conversion van. It was DIY, man. And that's the reason I'm not in a touring band today, was that tour. I love playing music. I love songwriting for fun. I'm not going to get on the road and do this like ever again. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. But it was a rough lifestyle yeah. for three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jesse, you have an extensive experience carrying talents for concerts, tours, and endorsement deals for you know, various clients and brand partners internationally. What advice would you have for touring artists for both how to navigate the world of tour partnerships and how to you know, get the most out of touring, both in business sense and in terms of personal satisfaction? It's a long question. I feel like you got to do something remarkable as an artist. It was, I was at the Polestar conference a while back as a young agent, and I had an artist that I had met on MySpace. His name was Wale, and yeah. I was figuring out what we were going to do. We were starting to get some calls for him, but how do you differentiate him in this new crop of hip-hop artists? Yeah. And what I was hearing was put a band behind an act, and this is going to be a much more inviting show. And so That's I was true. talking with Wale and was like, we got to do something different. Let's do a band. And he said, I'm from DC. Let's do go, a go-go band. Go-go band. <laughs> and so at first it was expensive yeah. to move around, but he ended up without the hit records and off of just mixtapes being at the top of his class. You know, he was on the cover of GQ that year with Kid Cudi and Drake as the top acts of the yeah. year because he put so much into his live experience. And I feel like artists need to understand that they should play for the long haul. Yeah. He's still touring. It's wow. not even about the hit records, uh, or it wasn't for him. It was about yeah. connecting with the fans by giving yeah. them an amazing experience. So I would advise artists to create the best possible experience. Yeah. I would kiss as many babies as you got the, <laughs> the stamina to do. Don't burn yourself out and don't overcommit, but definitely over deliver yeah. where you can. Take as many selfies, selfies with the new <laughs> autographs, and give as much uh, to the fans to yeah. share as possible so that the message continues to go after this experience. I love that story just because, you know, I'm from DC, so. Okay. You know, yeah. DC Yeah. I represent. DC. DMV. All right, All right Courtney. <laughs> I'm not from DC. <laughs> uh, you worked at music festivals such as South by Southwest and Coachella. Have you personally discovered any new favorites at these festivals? And what advice would you give to someone traveling to a festival for the first time yes. in order to maximize their enjoyment? Yeah. I, uh, I definitely discovered new acts at festivals. Particularly hard to sneak away at South by Southwest. I've gotten to sneak away a couple of times and see some bands. Actually, this year, um, the blessing of Universal Music Group is we have so many wonderful artists. The curse is that we have so many that sometimes I, I can't keep track of all of them. So my new favorite artist this year that I discovered at South by was my own that I booked on my lineup, um, <laughs> uh, which was Liza Ann, who is a super cool rock chick, and she's the sweetest thing on the planet. And her album, Fine But Dying, was my favorite album of 2018, hands okay, down. Okay, got to So it's in my car, because I listen to CDs in my car. Oh, really? Um, mm-hmm. Yes, I was talking <laughs> with Paul about this. I have a 2004 car. I 
have to listen to CDs, and the only person that you you're like do. one of the ten people that have that little slice little of pie now. <laughs> physical sales. It's me. I am just you sales. and like a few uh, other people. I, I am the single physical sales for a live band. So are you t basically the only one taking all the demo tapes at Universal? Because uh, yeah, my boss and I. Yeah. It's what, just two of us. what do you do when someone hands me a demo? I'm like, what? What do you want me to do with this? Well, first of all, no one gets to hand a demo. Security tackles them immediately. Um, <laughs> but, but then, uh, yeah, your second part of your question: Do I have any advice? People going to festivals, it kind of depends on the festival. I'm going to give opposing advice. Go in with a plan and then also don't have a plan, which doesn't make sense. But, like, you know, if you've got certain artists you want to see and you know they're on this stage and that stage at this time, like, map it out with your buddy, whoever you're with. Be like, who are my must sees? Who do I want? Like, what do I have to see? Where do we need to be? Because yeah. things are really far away. <laughs> so you've got to plan, plan for that. Plan out, yeah. Um, particularly if it's like a South by Southwest and they're fully at different showcases. Um, but then also at the same time, don't over plan and not leave yourself any time to discover something you didn't know. Yeah. And if you particularly have a gap of time where you're like, oh, I guess there was nobody I really wanted to see, then use that time to wander around and go see some of these bands you've never heard of yeah. because they might become your new favorite band. Right, yeah. Good advice. Okay, I'm gonna have one last question for the three of you. This one's for the big money. <laughs> oh, I hope I win. Share with us <laughs> your favorite Road trip track, like oh. one. What's that one song that you pop in, in the CD player of your 2004 yes, car? Yes, that you pop into your CD you player to, yeah. that we all have and use. I think asking for one song is just too unfair. That's so hard. I know that's, that's why. Right. That's why the last question. question. I don't. Is I don't that? even know if I can accept that. I could yeah. give you an Thank album. You. Thank you. I'm, I'm making a stand. Don't let him get that into the wall. We'll smack that down. You can't can... break the rules. No, go ahead. Well, I said earlier yeah. in the program that I'm a huge Slum Village fan, so the Fantastic Volume 2 is one of the few albums that I can never wear out. So I listen to it, like, I think every now and again on Spotify, it's like the top five thing that I'm listening to, and it was put out 20 years ago or whatever. So that record, for, for In a Car, sounds awesome. And I can just keep playing it over and over again. It makes me feel good. Is it on CD? Yeah. I do have it on CD. Absolutely. <laughs> I like to listen to or dive into the new hot album yeah. I'm for a road trip. This is like the perfect time. One of my favorite things to do is to listen to music for the first time while reading the lyrics. Yeah and Thank trying you. to understand what's going on and hearing a song a couple times in a row and you don't get you that, do that opportunity. Well, probably I'm not driving, <laughs> but more likely I would want to put the new album on and be able to spend that time kind of discussing and kind of catching up with the people in the car about the nuances of this kind of record of the moment versus just jamming out to you know, Bob Dylan or yeah. the Rolling Stones. Yeah, right, that's Courtney. super lame. Bring us home. No one should do that. And on that note, <laughs> I would have to also uh, break the rules a little bit there. Um, because I know, this is, wow, this is really, I'm, I'm the CD person. On a drive I had to do from Northern California to Southern California, I burned 100 songs onto six CDs. It took six CDs. <laughs> so I was driving by myself, and I wanted to sing along to every song. I wanted it to be every song that I ever loved to sing along to, whether it was Alanis Morissette or it was the Rolling Stones, or it was a brand new artist that I just really liked singing along to it, or it was rap that I probably shouldn't be singing, but I'm alone in my car. Like, and it, it was 100 songs, and it, it, ran, it, it ran the gamut. There was a lot of different music on there, but 
I want that feeling that we talked about. Yeah, like I think that would be a blog post. Yeah. I think that feels like a Rolling Stones' hundred greatest albums. Like <laughs> yeah. this is Courtney's one hundred songs. Courtney's hundred. Yeah. Oh, it's Depeche Mode. I mean, it was. Jesse, it was I appreciate good. you leaning towards the fake mic, like as if you're talking to it. It doesn't. It doesn't work. It's for the look. We don't like it. For the look. Well, yeah. So that was yeah. one song, yeah. but yeah. it was one hundred. But yeah. that was that. All right. Well. Thanks for being here. Hey, give it up for our panelists. Thanks for checking in. Thanks for having us. To Mary Traveler. Um, And be sure to subscribe and listen. All right, thanks. Thank you. Thank you. If you like this episode, subscribe to our podcast on your favorite listening platform. Are you looking for interesting travel stories? Or tips for your next adventure to make it more memorable? Visit traveler.marriott.com. 